Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people, I hope you enjoyed the conversation and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda or water and coffee (laughs) in the fridge. Cheers. Cheers. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. How you living? How you doing? This is the first Sunday in months, COVID included, where I had nothing to do. Wow. So I don't know what to do. Okay. Well, you're recording a podcast, yeah. so maybe, you know, this ain't nothing, I mean, it's but not it's, nothing. you're chilling. Yeah, I'm chilling. You're still promo. You're still, yeah. you know, on the grind, on the, the hustle. Grind. And for those of you that don't know who I am sitting with today, I am sitting with the one and only Inez. Make some noise for the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, hello, hello. Happy to have you. Thank you for for those of you that are unfamiliar with Inez. You're a singer, songwriter, Mm -hmm. producer, Mm -hmm. musician, Mm -hmm. wearer of many hats. Yes. Why don't you let the people know from your words what it is that you do? I am a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) and that nerd dumb has brought me um into being an audio engineer a producer um i didn't know that i wanted to be an artist till much later in my life um but absolutely i've always loved music i've always wanted to know what all the buttons did on stuff um i had a grandfather who was uh he used to fix electronics so his basement was like a nerd layer of things that i didn't know how to work okay but i thought they were cool so I think like um, between that and like growing up as like a young kid in the '90s, I didn't have a choice. Yeah, to love music. Yeah, Every, so it was everywhere. What were you doing? Like, what, did you have any sort of a creative outlet prior to getting into music? It was just music. My dad. Just music. It was just, just straight, like that's it. I I remember at clear as day, like three years old, flipping over a garbage can in my living room with my dad and just having the craziest time. <laughs> um, he was a drummer, so like. Wouldn't it be like my dad? Don't tell him I said that, but that's what it was. <laughs> it's it's super cool whenever you talk with a musician that mm-hmm. comes from a background whose family was like into music yeah. and encouraging. It's nice to hear that story. I don't know that it was always encouraging. Okay. Um, you know, starting out when you third grade, you get that instrument, you bring it home and your mom's like, oh my goodness, if you don't practice that before I get home. <laughs> you're a little rocky. No, um, I like really cool big cousins who like used to do like rap ciphers in my grandma's living room so like it was literally always around me i did cool. it wasn't fair i didn't have a choice to do anything else. And did you did you grow up in pittsburgh i grew up in pittsburgh yeah um born and raised on the east side uh between i pretty much split my time between homewood and wilkinsburg okay uh, so yeah yeah that, that was a really cool area my grandma lived in wilkinsburg mm-hmm. and i pretty much grew up at my grandma's house yeah so you know i have like fun memories just like you know skateboarding around mm-hmm. Penn avenue by yeah. where like what used to be a revco now i think it's a right aid or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. by the kfc that's like weird yeah, memories yeah, yeah, and i was yeah, just yeah. but and then i would just uh skateboard in the revco parking lot and i would ask my grandma for money so i could buy magic the gathering <laughs> cards at the revco yeah and then you know go to either the kfc or the taco bell that was over there uh, and, uh, and that that whole area is just like i don't know it's where I grew up too, and I'm yeah. very, very, very fond of it. I know it's the weirdest thing. Like I, I, um, I was really excited when Hebrew Brantley put that mural on the side of the building yeah. behind KFC. I was like, "What? This <laughs> <laughs> is just a random building we always walk by as kids." So it's it's really cool to see like that um, immortalized too. 
Yeah. All right. So, you know, from being a three-year-old flipping garbage cans, mm-hmm. <laughs> banging on them to now yeah. 2020, you've put out a debut album, yes. which we should probably talk about. Yeah. Let me scroll down to it real quick, pull it up on the screen. So we got this here, voicemails and conversations. Mm-hmm. What's up with this? <laughs> what was the journey like Ooh, getting this thing together? Uh, man, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of heartache. Yeah. Um, I'm a loving person (laughs) and it seems that I always kind of catch people who are, they need love, but they don't know how to express their feelings. And so I always get a, I always overextend myself and I wanted to be that everything for one person. So voicemails and conversations is actually like my navigation through love, the different types of love, familiar, um, romantic, uh, platonic, uh, from like my childhood to like now, um, which you can kind of hear on some of the songs and pieces and that, but it's, uh, it's been a, it's a work of my life. It's not even just like an album. This is literally like, here's how I love, here's how I think. I was going to ask, you know, as I know that like, you know, aside from, you know, writing these songs, Mm -hmm. you handled a lot of the production and things on this album. And I do want to, throw this out there off the bat i think it's great thank you i think there's a lot of really cool outside the box things in you explaining what the album is and what Mm -hmm. it means to you i can hear it because there's stuff that sounds like really nice and pretty and Mm -hmm. stuff that sounds like grimy and gross and kind of like you know like this is messed (laughs) up and that's you know how it how it can be you know like all the elements of human emotion i've like i hear Mm -hmm. in this album and i think it's great and that's why i always love to hear music from artists who are able to be more Mm self-produced and take the reins on like so many controls Mm -hmm. and so many aspects of the album because it it really you hear their voice like 110 percent. yeah it's it was scary um because i didn't want to when you self-produce, you don't want to make an album that sounds like every song sounds the same. Yeah. You can you can definitely box yourself in. So like I was very I had a lot of self-doubt going in this project. Like Clara can't Well, you're an artist. You're supposed <laughs> yeah. to have some self-doubt. Yeah. Clara Clara Kent was the reason why a lot of the songs are on the album because I like hated a lot of stuff. I was oh, like, I wow. don't like it. It's too weird. So the box people aren't gonna get it. And she was like, shut up <laughs> that song is hard she said yeah. that a lot um so shout out to Claire shout yeah out no Claire. shout out shout outs to Claire That's why okay. I, credit, I credit her with quality control for my album for that very reason like, okay she she uh she gets she gets a Grammy if I get a Grammy <laughs> <laughs> Claire is awesome she's a previous guest of the yeah. show friend family yeah that's my know, sister man she's awesome and you know this album is great i think you know to hear something that sounds so diverse and Mm -hmm. so well thought out i can tell that this just wasn't something that you threw together in a few months no so i'm curious about like when did the beginning of what became this album when did it really start to come together for you I made the folder with the the title in 2016. Okay. (laughs) Now, anyone who works on music knows that an album title is not concrete until it's out. Um, But something about that stood stood out for me. I originally was going to do this project with my exes. Mm. All of them. I got all of them gave me the green thumb. Like, yeah, I hope you out. We'll because I was going to sit down with them. We were going to discuss certain things. And when it came, when I got the grant from the Heinz Endowment to do this, every single one of them backed out. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, what do I Were have? Were you surprised? 
I mean, <laughs> looking back, no, you know what? Them backing out, I think it made me go like be way more honest than I was gonna be. Sure, that's good. So I was like, oh, you don't want to do it. So now I'm really gonna tell what happened. Um, but but yeah, like uh, I had voicemails. Um, I'm a weird. I'm sorry. I would just like outed myself as a creep. But the earliest voicemail I have is from like 2007. Um, so the first track actually has the end. There's two parts of it. There's like my vocal introduction and then there's this like voicemail it's actually from one of my exes okay i changed his voice up a bit so he can't sue me but um <laughs> yeah that's not his natural voice if anyone was doubting that um no so I, i've had voicemails um sometimes when i'm like having a really deep conversation with somebody that i care about i'm like hey do you mind if i throw my phone out so i have like my big sister on the end of heartbeat but also a really cool thing was um since I'm a nerd, <laughs> um, I pulled out our family's VCR and we have a bunch of family tapes from like when we were kids that my granddad, like my pop pop read recorded. So I went back and um, ripped audio from those tapes. That's awesome. Um, and so they're on there too. So he passed away. So it's really like sometimes sad when I get to um, don't stop and I hear his voice and I'm like, Ugh. oh man. Yeah. But um, I wanted him to be a part of the project too. So yeah. So you've brought up on several occasions that you are a nerd. I'm a super nerd. And I'm curious, you know, mentioning or going back to you mentioning, you know, having a, an album folder with the, the name of the song. Yeah. Are you like very organized in no, all aspects of no. your... No, really? Okay. I'm like, I'm like, if you walk into my studio, there's like XLRs on the floor or something. Oh, goodness. I'm out of myself. <laughs> <laughs> my XLR cables are not wrapped up. Sometimes I'm in a session and I'm like rolling over my... I'm just not that organized. I'm getting better because I'm getting older and organized well, like that. Just... I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll out myself a little <laughs> bit real quick to make you feel better. You know, the reason why everything is real tidy right now yeah. is because your boy ain't been using it. <laughs> I've been busy doing other stuff, yeah. you know. A messy, a messy studio means it's being used. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's like it's like a, you know, it's like a kitchen. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. You see a stove that's dirty. It's like that yeah. sucks. It's dirty, but at least they're eating. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I was a bad example. <laughs> Clean kitchens only. Yeah, no. I mean, you know, at least they ate recently. Yeah. Maybe unless there's like you know some weird popcorn. Like how'd that even get there? <laughs> <laughs> So with you and this whole project, mm -hmm. obviously before you got into putting this album together, mm -hmm. I imagine you had to have been doing some production and under like audio engineering or oh, was yeah. it like, were you like learning as you put this album together? No, I, I graduated from Berkeley in 2018. Okay. Um, and I kind of just like fell into the right people, I guess. Um, like I started going to a couple open mics and then seeing names, like putting faces to the social profiles, to actual people. Open mics here or when open you were mics at school? Here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then one weird day, um, my high school <laughs> band director was running sound at, uh, the sports bar in Scroll Hill. I forget the name of it. Okay. Um, and the band was playing. Matter of fact, uh, Brandon Lehman, he was on guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's oh, been the, on the show. The, the Ed and Sparks trio, yeah. Yep, yep. Um, so, Shout outs to uh, Brandon. <laughs> so they're like, hey, uh, some like my band director's like, hey, she sings. And I'm like, dude, I just came here to listen. And like from that moment on, everyone's like, oh, you sing? And then I'm like, well, I'd rather produce. But yeah, I do sing. So I kind of got like kicked into the, kicked into <laughs> kicked on the field. Um and since then, it's just been, I can't even explain. It's been a whirlwind, to be honest with you. Do you still feel like that you would 
rather produce or are you happy now being more in the forefront no i found that the stage is my happy place okay. it's like it's the only place outside of like cooking because i love cooking where i don't think i'm just all right that's why you got real sensitive yeah, about that clean yeah, kitchen thing. yeah 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 clean <laughs> kitchen. <laughs> i'm super i'm super like it's my it's that's why i'm really sad right now it's when it, when when covid hit and things shut down i literally had gigs that entire week oh was, yeah so it was like damn like i've been working hard working on my arrangements and practicing and that's not gonna happen so it's okay i mean you could still be practicing yeah, and getting yeah, stuff yeah. together like yeah. i've said on several occasions like whenever we're able to play some shows again mm -hmm. there's no excuse for every single performer to not be on fire oh, that, <laughs> everybody's had so much time <laughs> that's the thing I, I, I told um my keys player schwa he's my he's my md i said listen um, we're gonna work on our arrangements because when they give us the green light um, the katana's coming out. I'm cutting heads off. There will be no doubt in my mind that Inez is that girl. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't play about when it comes to stage. It's like I, I grew up watching amazing legends. Like my dad was the biggest boys to men fan, so I've I've seen what an amazing show looks like. And I'm not talking about just performing like a tour ready show. So that's kind of what I've been putting my energy into now. And I'm excited for this, everyone to hear it. It's probably a really good segue yeah. to talk about the crowdfunding stuff. Yeah. Because, you know, with all this fun stuff that we want to <laughs> do, it doesn't come cheap, it unfortunately. Does not, no. So why don't you tell us about this crowdfunding thing that's going on right now? So my crowdfund um, is there's like big, big, huge things I want to accomplish with it. Um, I want to be able to shoot uh, an, a, a stunning visual of clouds um, with Claire Kent. That's really big on the list. Um, I am rolling out merch for the first time um, this fall. I've actually partnered with uh, Public Print House. Nice. It's over in Homewood. Did yeah. not know that. Yeah. Shout out to Jules. Yeah, I um, used to work in that building yeah, before yeah. Public was there. <laughs> there was a, a really weird like computer supply yeah, company that yeah. I just like, picked orders at yeah. but yeah again yeah <laughs> so um that's a really big part of it um digital marketing for the album the album has done very well without being marketed however you know for the reach that i want um i uh, i have a um a wonderful person and her name is markia hart she's a digital marketer she's going to be helping me do that and then should all those things be accomplished just pouring money into my band you know, like we need inner monitors. We're in Pittsburgh. We know where we're performing. Yeah. <laughs> we know there's gigs where we can't hear each other or, you know, we can't tell what the house is hearing. So um, we just kind of want to invest um, into yeah, our yeah. own things. Yeah, I bought my own PA that we bring with us places. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's, you have you're to. You're rolling the dice in Pittsburgh when you're talking about live sound. Um, and I'm such a, I did one gig where I realized I was shooting my voice out. And I oh, was yeah. like, I, I, I am an R&B singer, a soul singer. I cannot do that. I was like, no. So, you know, we're going to build a rack so we can not not only do shows here, but outside of the city. I was getting a lot of opportunities to perform outside of Pittsburgh before COVID. Um, so I think the crowdfund is just going to also help us get a travel nest egg together so that, you know, when duty calls, when it's safe, we'll be, uh, be able to roll out. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so important and it's so unfortunate how underappreciated local artists are in terms of the amount of money that we have to spend yep. and the work that just goes into <laughs> something as simple as like, yeah. Oh, we're just trying to go to Cleveland for the weekend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's easily like a $500 trip yeah. and you know, not a whole lot of artists yeah. just have like $500 in an envelope from like, well, let me blow this and hope that people come watch us play. Yeah. Not only that, like my guys, I love them. I'm um, the Homewood sound machine. It's my band. 
Um, shout out to Gloria Estefan. I completely ripped her idea, but it is what it is. <laughs> Don't sue me. Um, <laughs> yeah, like my guys, they show up. They show out. You know, it, it's it's one thing that people don't realize how many hours go into it before you even see us perform. Like we're taking nights out of the week. My band, my brother, he's in my band. He's married. He has two daughters. My other bassist, he has three kids. He's married. So like these guys are pulling time away from their families after a long day of work to come rehearse with us so we can give you, you know, a performance that most places here are only charging, what, 15, 10 bucks for yeah. it. So, you know, I, I want to make sure that we sound good. If we put all that time in, I want to make sure we're sounding great on stage. So crowdfunding's going to help with that too. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. there, it's, it's great that all of this stuff is coming together. And I think mm-hmm. that it's really awesome that you already have a cool team of people Absolutely. in your court. Mm-hmm. that in like you're doing these things already because yeah. for some people it takes them years to think about this yeah. and I think that maybe it's kind of the the positive side of like being in being in a situation where you're making music mm-hmm. that is already more um public friendly mm-hmm. you know it's not like oh, this weird <laughs> punk rock stuff where it's like because i mean i come from that background i, mean, yeah. I, I do hip-hop stuff but i'm also in a death metal band yeah and those are two different beasts in terms of marketing <laughs> and like how you go about doing things yeah. a lot of it's the same but a lot of it's different mm-hmm. and i've been doing this podcast now for almost six years mm-hmm. and i've talked to plenty of people and there's so many people that i've talked to that have been making music for like a decade they yeah. have never once thought about like oh, like I'm going to have, or not that they don't think about it, but they'll complain about the fact that they have to put money into promoting stuff. And I'm just like, what the fuck do you think this is? <laughs> like, it, it's Absolutely fine not. if you don't want to, it's fine if you don't want to put money into it, but you can't complain about it simultaneously. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is expensive. Yeah. and I, unbelievably expensive. I, I take the brunt of the hits because like I'd rather my guys get paid than I get paid. So like when we do a gig and then it's, essentially 50 bucks a person i'm like i don't even need pay you guys already showed up for me here take it um and i want to be able to pay them what they're actually worth and not nickels so um those times those days are coming but you know there's so much investing you have to do um i have a team now um i'm I'm very beyonce knows in a lot of ways um but I'm, i'm learning to delegate so like my merch was designed by erica kellerman my photographer is nicolette uh um, I have a makeup artist. Um, I have a stylist. I have all these people now that I that take the pressure off of me, so that I say, "Hey, I want to look like this. So I want to do that." They take their talent, their expertise, and they bring it back to me, and I'm able to just focus on showing up. I'm able to focus on performing. I'm able to focus on creating the content. Um, and so it's really cool to be in this little little pocket now but but yeah even that you know i can't just ask people to do stuff for free no that's not going to happen that that having people like that by your side that Mm -hmm. give a shit about what you're doing and are willing to help you is invaluable like you can't put a dollar amount on somebody that actually believes in what you're doing yeah my my cousin roxy she's my uh, stylist and she does my makeup and um she she when she has a vision she actually <laughs> that was her styling <laughs> okay so like she has a vision and she's like no danielle she doesn't call me inez or danielle. she's like no danielle you're gonna wear this you're gonna and i'm just like okay mom she's like my show mom <laughs> that's awesome but but yeah man like having people like around you who are equally as talented in their area has been like the biggest blessing and it's really cool because the team of people, they're good people too. I can't stress that enough, but having that positive energy around you at all times. So, 
blessed. Absolutely. One of the things that I think is really cool about you from what I'm hearing Mm. in regards to your live performance is that you're taking the time to work with musicians Mm. and actually have a show versus just doing the backtrack, which I mean, we've all done it. Yeah. It happens from time. Sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. Yeah. But, you know, what is what was your inspiration to like taking that extra step and trying to get these extra people involved? Was it just wanting to have like a full tour ready show? No. Um, okay. So I got Pittsburgh's very own um, and I was excited because I was like, I don't even have any music out. What? Um, so I got Pittsburgh's very own and... The, 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 my, I didn't pick my band my band like just God just brought all these humans to me because I didn't think it was possible I knew as a musician how much it goes into like performing mm-hmm. with somebody yeah absolutely um, so I had asked four three guys my bassist Mike Mitchell my drummer Carvis Fisher um, and my brother uh, Isaiah Blue that was it and I was like okay so I have drums key no I have drums guitar and bass and then bonus player, um, I was hanging around, <clears throat> hanging out around Benji, and I noticed his keys player. So we, you know, we became friends. And I asked him, so he he like joined the rank. He was only supposed to play like one like small gig with me. Um, he was only supposed no, he was only supposed to play Pittsburgh's very own. And then he just kind of like loved the environment because yeah. they all had known each other. And I was like, this just feels really good. This feels like a little family um so yeah they they uh they're like all right are we doing this if we're doing this we're doing this and so like you know we became an official they became my official backing band i've only done like two performances without them and i don't prefer backing tracks because typically when we're talking about pittsburgh sound we're talking about some dry little reverb maybe no one's doing like vocal throws or like adding delay to your voice yeah it's like this can get really boring very quickly and i love live as a musician i love the conversation between other musicians that's super important and i don't think people think about that enough yeah um because we all lean on each other on stage like certain songs my bassist has to be perfectly locked with my drummer or else it's going to sound crazy pardon me is one of those songs that can sound crazy quickly <laughs> um but yeah I, I i know what a show goes like i know when i go to a show i want to have that bass hit my chest i want to have that keys player doing crazy stuff i know i want you know the lead guitarist like absolutely shredding so i was like why not for myself yeah um and when it came together there was a couple practices i was like i don't know guys it could be it, could, it can yeah especially when you know you're writing these songs yeah. and then other people are learning stuff mm-hmm. that you've written and you gotta learn how to compromise a bit yeah. it's never 110 percent the absolutely. same absolutely so like there might be a different drum rhythm or mm-hmm. something and then like maybe that drum rhythm locks in with a vocal pattern and you're like no it has to be like this like it's my, my guys are good <laughs> they know my language i speak yeah. a language I, I i don't speak down to them they play with me they don't play for me yeah um and so like there's definitely times where i'm like i'll tell my keys player those aren't the colors i want <laughs> and he knows what I mean. Yeah. He was like, uh, it, that works melodically. Yeah, it's just yeah. not the color that I want. Or um, my drummer will do something. I'm like, that's not it. Like, listen to the track. I want it a little bit closer to that. So I think me being a musician, I know how to speak to other musicians. So it doesn't come off as I'm just like this tyrant who cracks a whip. <laughs> um, and there's compromises because sometimes they do stuff that I didn't want, but it sounds amazing. And I'm like, nope, you do that. Yeah. And so that's that's trusting their gift. And a lot of people got it. You have to realize that these guys, 
They're good. Oh, that's something that I bring up all the time yeah. when I'm talking about people that are playing with full bands of people. Mm-hmm. It's like if somebody has an idea, mm-hmm. listen to it. Yep. Because if you have somebody in the room whose opinions you don't trust, mm-hmm. why are they in the room? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if yeah. you have faith in them as a musician, yeah. let them play. And they, they, they honestly, they bloom when you give them space. That, that's that's one thing I, I love. Like we we all can bring together ideas. Like there's times where <laughs> like I'll be talking to my drummer and I'm like, yeah, you know, we got to talk to him about that. Or like I'll talk to my keys player and he's like, yeah, we got to get that together. But we can all bring those ideas forward um, in a way that's not clicky or weird. Like we're literally a family. Those are my brothers. Those are those are my brothers. Those are my guys. Do you think in the future you'll do any studio recordings with them? So <laughs> um, the record Stay With Me on my album was supposed to be a live orchestration. We just didn't have time for it. So I was like, gotcha. all right, strip everything out. We'll just keep it keys and we'll keep it my vocals. Um, but I'm either planning on doing the entire album live or just for like my second project, having more live components. But I definitely want to get my Robert Glasper on in the studio um, with my guys because there's just I love it man there's, there's nothing like a live studio album yeah absolutely I you know I had um a, a maybe a similar sort of thing that happened with me and my band where mm-hmm. I was just making beats and rapping and I was just like I hate being by myself yeah but getting a band seems like an impossible thing yeah but <laughs> it can be it just, it just felt it just it just came together yeah. you know luckily just because i had met a lot of people and yeah. you find the right people when it happens yeah and then slowly afterwards you know it's like i don't i think i still just want to make beats but like they'll play the shows but slowly it was like okay well how about we'll do guitar on one song yeah. and they're like oh, okay let's record drums on this song yeah. and the next thing you know it just yeah. it'll sneak its way in yeah and what yeah. i like to do now is we pretty much record everything but i um i'll like sample a lot of their stuff mm-hmm. and like i'll create like loops out of live instruments mm-hmm. so it's kind of the best of both worlds so yeah. it still sounds like looped hip-hop sample stuff but like my guys actually playing it versus me like ripping it from some record yeah. or something like that so yeah. they're yeah. The, the the possibilities are endless. They're literally endless. And the, the the funny thing is, like, there's times where, like, if my my brother can't make it on guitar, I'll be like, all right, well, I have this track where I can just throw that in there, but everything else will still be live. Yeah. So there's like, there's, you're right. The possibilities are endless, but I'm also in a place of privilege because I'm an engineer. Yeah. So like, imagine if I didn't have any technical like abilities within the studio realm, I would be like a little. St- I would be a little stuck actually. But yeah, you know, it's it's always interesting to me whenever I communicate with people that are doing stuff that's similar, it could Mm -hmm. be R&B or hip hop, rap, whatever, Mm -hmm. Uh, a beat focused project where the artist that is, you know, it's their project, but they have no connection to the music. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, I have a, I got a producer that, you know, is in the UK that I buy beats off of. And like, that's fine. (laughs) But like, how do you like really establish a relationship and how do you make songs that are like your own? I mean, granted, some of these people make some great music, but I just feel like that wouldn't be for me. I could never imagine just like doing that all the time. Um, Every song that I did not produce in full, so it's probably like four tracks maybe, um, I still was the overbearing person. Um, so like you could ask um, Picasso, his name is uh, Hussein, his name is Picasso, beat maker. I love that guy. He did Part of Me and Heartbeat. Heartbeat, he kind of just like, I heard it and I was like, 
give me that. Um, <laughs> and part of me, I was like, ooh, there's something there. But it's also a sample, which we got cleared nice. from a Brazilian artist. I did not think that was going to happen. I was like, she said yes. Oh, yes. Um, but no, that song in particular, um, I knew I loved it. I knew there were pieces of it that I loved, but I was like, I'm a, I need to like Inezify this thing. So you can as you can ask him like uh Charlie C Scott played bass on it. Oh nice. I had C Scott replay the bass like four times. Another previous guest of the show. I feel yeah. like everybody you know yeah. has been, on, been in the chair at one point <laughs> or another. Yeah. And he loved it. He was like, Man, I love the fact that she knows exactly what she wants. So he got me exactly what I wanted. And then I went back to Picasso and said, Hey, um, Charlie put this down. I need you to like shift the drums a bit. And he came over and he he literally came over and it was like two hours and I was just like, No, nudge, 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 yeah. nudge, nudge. That's it. Send me the stones and I edit cowbell. I took executive privilege there. But um yeah, so I think aside from Heartbeat, even the tracks I got from other people. I kind of, I still arranged. You still, yeah, you're still. I still a, arranged. Yeah. Um, because I'm not, I'm not going to lie and say I'm the best music theory person or whatever. Nobody but is. I hear it. Yeah. And I try to get it as close to I hear it in my head. It's not about being the best music like yeah. musician or knowing theory. It's yeah. just, you know what your voice is. You yeah. know what you want to say, yeah. whether it's lyrically or musically, yeah. right? Yeah. So. And, I, and, and I wanted that swing to be in a specific way. And then now when I listen to it, I'm like, oh, this is so good. Yeah. This, is, this is exactly what I wanted. Because I wanted to pay homage to the, you know, the Brazilian, uh, good, like the styling. And I was like, I want this to feel like soul hip hop. So that was really cool. Now, something that I've experienced over the years, I mean, I've been making rap music and beats and stuff since I was 14. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm turning 35 this year. So mm -hmm. it's been a, the majority of my life I've been doing this. Yeah. And there are people that there are still people that I know that know that I make hip hop, mm -hmm. but then they don't realize that I also make the music. Yeah. There's like this assumption that I'm one of those people just buying beats or doing whatever yeah. for whatever reason. And I'm curious if you've ever dealt with this. Do people like just assume that you have nothing <laughs> to do with your production? Um, It's funny because I'm very intentional about my social media yeah. footprint. So I always lead with producer. Okay. Because yeah. like there was a time when after I released the album that people were like, yeah, you need beats. Yeah. I, I get I get that all the time, and I'm like, and you don't want to come off as like a like a jerk, but I'm like, um, I produced eighty percent of my album. Sure, and you're asking me, do I need beats? Now I know where to go to if I want, because that's what that's what that's how I got the beat off Benji. That's how I got the beat off Hussein. Excuse me, Picasso. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, like I know I, I I'm a student of music, so I, if I love your beat style, in the back of my mind, I'm like, all right, if I want to do this type, I can I can help and I can hit up Brian or. If, or if I want that style, I can hit up uh, C. Scott or Bus Crates or whoever it is. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I kind of like, you know, my little flex of producing for myself. Um, I love working with other artists and producers. Don't get me wrong. But there was a while that I was just like telling people, please read my bio. Oh, yeah, I mean, please I, read my bio. I mean, there's been video. It's like I'll post studio <laughs> vi videos of me like, you know, like working on yeah. stuff and people still just. Don't, I mean, yeah. a lot of people get it. It's I feel like more people probably know than don't know. Yeah. It's just funny when like people that are supposedly your homies yeah. are like that clueless. But well, what are you gonna do? Yeah. They mean well. I was I was really <laughs> really happy that um uh, I was just on NPR. Mind blowing experience, nice. by the way. That was really cool. Um, and they put 
Pittsburgh producer Inez. I was like, yes. Because you never know. Someone could say singer songwriter because I've had, you know, I helped her. Um, help my student. I right. think I may have led your introduction with singer songwriter, yeah. and cool. I apologize. It's cool. No, it's fine. I because did say I'm, producer. I'm all of those things. I'm such a like. I'm a. I like. I, I like being a jack of all trades. I'm um, just. I don't want to fuck up your whole no, social media no, thing. No, no, no. Because I think. I think when you lead with producers, they're like, oh, really? Because you're gonna find out I'm a singer. I'm a songwriter. Like, if mm-hmm. you spend any time on my social media, you'll know that I sing. But you know, I, I I like I like I like I like the producer and engineering stuff a lot too. I just mastered a song for someone and I was just like, this is really fulfilling. I don't know why, but yeah. Cool. Yeah. In terms of production, what are you using? Like what DAWs are you into? What programs, <laughs> hardware, software? I'm sure there's a whole bunch of stuff, but let's get nerdy. Let's get nerdy. What are you using? Okay. Um, I started producing with FL Studio 6 in 2006. Nice. Um, that's always going to, FL is always going to be my baby. I love the way that you chop samples in there. Um, and sequence drums but i went from fl i learned a little reason i didn't really like reason um berkeley made us pro tools children of course Mm. um so i was doing a lot of mixing in pro tools but still producing in fl and then when i bought my macbook everything just (laughs) everything just kind of changed um so now I'm in Logic. Okay, I'm mixing in Logic. There's a couple of things I don't like about Logic. Like I think that Pro Tools has the advantage over. Um, I've used Studio One with clients. Um, I liked it. It wasn't my favorite, but I could get the job done. I think all dolls are relative, to be honest. Like find the one you know how to work. I still have Ableton still in the box at home with the push too. Yeah. Chill in the box. Don't know when I'm going to download that. <laughs> but yeah I, I do a lot of my um shout out to aaron karsh um he's the one who got me <laughs> i don't know this is not the most uh um it's not the easiest or the quickest way to produce but um i pretty much on all of the drums on my album have slid the waveforms uh where i wanted them to be versus using like a sequencer yeah um but yeah, I saw him. I was like, why is he doing that? And then I did it. And I was like, oh, I kind of like this. Because then like, all right, I know I might want the snare on three. So I can just go drop it on three. Um, and I've learned some cool commands in Logic since then to make everything a lot easier. But but yeah, pretty much Logic. Um, just like their interface, honestly. It's really not even. And honestly, I think the sound quality of a Logic out the box is a lot easier. Like I feel like you have to do a little bit more in Pro Tools to have it sound as comparable. So um yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm in logic right now yeah I'm in no, logic. That, that, that i'm always interested to know what like people are using so going into that fruity loop stuff mm-hmm. you still got any of those tracks floating I, around uh so fun fact <laughs> hide, hide and seek was actually oh, okay i lied hide and seek the song on my album that was an fl track from a while ago and then my outro was also a track from a while ago. So I think those are those may be the only two FL like beats I have on the album. But I still have all of my tracks. So some of them are really hard. I'm like, I might have to like I might have to touch those up and put them out. <laughs> I might do a beat tape, honestly, too. Cause I just want people to hear kind of like how my pro- I've progressed since then. Like I've had some really, really cool brush ins as a like a 17, 18, and 19 year old when I first started like the alchemist has heard some of my beats okay craziness um there was a there was a label trying to um 
Oh, goodness. I had someone uh, listen to this track I made and was like, dude, can I send this to Beyonce? <laughs> and I was like, I went numb. Like, I don't know how, but from my knee down, I was like, what? Like, just complete numb. He was like, yeah, um, I'm really good friends with da, 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 I rock nation. And I was like, hyperventilating. Um, so, so yeah, my FL, my FL days, they're not behind me. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tap back in. I just hate FL 20. I tried to like get into it. They're up to 20 now? They're up to 20. <laughs> and the mixer is like, the way they route it, it's so weird now and I hate it. I'm still on like FL 10 on my, my computer. <laughs> I don't, I don't do the whole, it's new, it's shiny. Um, I'm still on Pro, like lot, real Pro Tools 10 too. I need to get upgrade to 12 because I need that offline bounce. Um, I have a story about that, but <laughs> I, edited, I edited a fashion show that was like 45 minutes long and I had to change one part and had to wait 40 minutes for it to bounce out. I was like, that's a nightmare. Um, so yeah, happy that Pro Tools has come into the the uh, offline balance phase, but me and FL, that, that's just like Ebony and Ivory. We're always going to be together. In terms of hardware, is there mm -hmm. any particular hardware or anything that you're using or are you just like mostly inside the box just using software stuff? Um... I uh, have an Apollo, a UAD Apollo. I am a believer in, in UAD now. Um, that's that's the focus of my rack. Like, I didn't believe it. Like, I heard uh, they did Kendrick's uh, To Pimp a Butterfly on that thing. And okay. I was like, okay, that's cool. And then I bought it and I was like, this is serious. The, the emulators on it are really, really solid. The preamps are amazing. Um, so that's my, that's my baby. I have a Behringer X32 just a route yeah. for my monitors and stuff but my nah, man my apollo is where it's at it's, it's where the magic happens the i'm curious about the time that you spent um in school in learning how to produce when you <laughs> were working on projects in school did i imagine you probably got to work on maybe some different styles of music that mm -hmm. you probably normally wouldn't work on yeah and like if there was anything that you learned specifically from working in a style of music outside of what you normally do yeah. that you were able to bring into your music that helped you become a better producer. Yeah. Um, I honestly, when, when I was at Berkeley, the songs I love to mix the most are rock songs. I'm just like, dude, you gotta get that, get that screaming guitar in there. You gotta make sure <laughs> the bass is coming through the right way. You have to make sure that the kick beater is like uh -huh. so many things you don't really think about. Cause like hip hop drums, you know when you pick that sample out if it's gonna knock or not. When you're when someone's giving you a full like a mix, full drum kit symbols overheads, are, yeah. you're like, where the hell am I gonna do? Like where mm -hmm. where am I gonna pan everything? Um then the vocals still have to come in. So um I learned a lot about parallel compression and gating, um, phase, especially when you're talking about drum kits, phase, um, because they would intentionally give us like stuff that was messed up and oh, then we would have to like tricky what's tricky wrong with this tricky um but yeah that was really cool because we all had the same files but we all had vastly different sounding mixes of course because it's, it's everyone paints differently um but so yeah i learned about oh my goodness i think that was the most beneficial thing about college was styles that i didn't typically do um electronic uh, uh country uh, not a country fan um, okay i like old country give me dolly don't give me this new stuff <laughs> um so so yeah absolutely and 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 that too was probably why i love engineering other people as, as well like because i can mix myself but give me your stuff let me see what i can do with it um damn parallel compression was really like they really drilled that into us uh <laughs> trying to think 
Oh no, um, vocal production techniques. I took a I took a class. Um, his name is Charles something. I can't forget his last name, but he worked with um, Bad Boy, so he did a lot of like um, Faith Evans and Biggie tracks and like teaching us how to like really have those har- have your harmonies in a certain place. Like if you listen to my album, like harmonies are everywhere. Try to throw in as much as I could. Um, but yeah, Berkeley definitely was big on how to produce an artist from a from a um an interpersonal standpoint but also like when you're actually directing them what to do in the studio um as far as harmony and uh vocal stylings and stuff goes so all of that kind of all of that helped me if I'm being honest uh and it wasn't so much you don't really have time to work on your stuff when you're in college I was the biggest misconception. I'm like, I'm going to go to music school and I'm going to be able to make songs all day for myself. I didn't, I made like four songs for myself when I was in college. It was, it was, it was that rigorous. Um, I mean, in a way you were, you were, you may have not been working on songs for yourself, but you were working on yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. But the, the really cool thing too was getting to work with people from all over the world that like working with people for i I worked on projects with people in london and taiwan and uh sri lanka like everywhere um and having us like group project up was like amazing and then you get to call on the same people when you're out of college like hey you want to put some uh some cello on this for me Uh uh-huh yeah super cool super cool I hope hopefully whenever you know things come back around mm. and you're able to do some touring and get around you can link up with those oh, people absolutely. again and absolutely get to see everybody <laughs> yeah you know with everything that has happened over the past six months mm. or how long is it how long have we been in quarantine what is it july august it's august, august. right now yeah oh lord so it has almost been half a year yep. already yeah which is insane to think about you know how often are you you're still working on stuff you still rehearsing you still so i'm i'm poly i'm like i said i like to say i'm I'm sharpening the katana yeah um so i'm i'm still i'm trying to get back on my drums okay get my drums like drum kit drum kit okay um i'm i play more of a jazz styling and that's, so you upgraded from the upside down garbage can. Yeah, if we right. we've, we we're beyond that now. Okay. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the last gig I did at Thunderbird, I opened for Soul Rebels, um, and I got to play kit on stage for the first time, like with my drummer still there. So we did a double kit setup. Oh, that's a lot of fun. So I was like, that was amazing, but I'm rusty. So let me get back to that. So that's what I've been doing. Um, I've never really had vocal lessons, so I'm trying to invest into my voice. Um, Oh yeah, because you you were in school, you were just focused on production. Production, like they made us do solfege and stuff. I hated that, but <laughs> <laughs> worst thing ever. Um, but but yeah, I've never really had. That's another people like what you don't. So when did singing begin for you then? I oh god, I sang for the first time when I was eighteen at my birthday party for my mom. Okay, um, what'd you sing? oh lord it was it was like a, it was like a like a hymn that she really liked oh, to listen to okay. all right um and from then people were just like jaw on the floor because like if you've ever seen me like go for it go for it you're like she she got some wind she got some pipes on her um but yeah i was always scared i don't know like i'm not a big hey look at me person but um yeah that's when i started singing 
I didn't like it. Also, someone pushed me at the front of the stage at Shadow Lounge during a beat battle. Okay. That was terrifying. So that was the second instance of me singing. But yeah. <laughs> so my assumption then is you spent a lot more time doing production. You were mm -hmm. always a producer first, then yeah. the singer-songwriter second. So yeah. are you recording your own vocals? Yes. What's that experience like for you? Do you like it or do you hate it? <laughs> um, if anybody who's done a session with me is like, Danny's tough because she's like, she's going to make you keep doing it. I'm even three times harder on myself. Yeah. Like it gets to the point where I'm just like, come on, Danielle, get it right. Damn. Um, so, oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Stacy in the other room. <laughs> Stacy, how many times have you heard me yelling at myself recording vocals? <laughs> 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 yeah uh, like i beat my i beat myself up so it, it can be it can be it can be tough i've learned to um take breaks and pauses because clearly like if you're not getting it by the 15th take you just need to like chill out on it yeah um but my sessions can get really wild um and it's literally just me like hunched over in front of my mic yeah. like all right, let's get that. Yeah, I've like, yeah, I, I have like, a, I have a nice little workflow now mm -hmm. for whenever I'm tracking yeah. stuff. What I'll do these days mm -hmm. is I will just like, I'll record the song front to back, yeah, like ten times. Yeah. I won't listen to any playback, yeah. and then I'll shut it down, and I won't open it up till the next day, yeah. and then I'll go through and be like, all right. Yeah. That verse is good. That one's not good. Maybe yeah. I'll have to comp some stuff together. Yeah. And then once I have like a good skeleton, I'm like, okay, mm. now today's layers day. Yeah. Then I do that. But yeah. that's, you know, that's just my method. Yeah. Because like, if I do this thing, well, one, when I'm recording rap, it's like, unless it's a production thing where yeah. you want to record it line by line because you're mm. trying to do some weird panning thing or yeah. weird layering thing. It's like, I want to record the verse in one take if yeah. I can. Because that's just... Yeah. That's some purist bullshit, mm. I suppose. <laughs> but just, I just feel like it feels better because sometimes, yeah. like, you know, you ever heard a verse where, like, it obviously drops off or sounds, like, cut, like, it's, like, real weird and it's just, like, distracting? You want a story on that? Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> my song, Love by Inez, um, I recorded, oh, I don't know what happened, what I was thinking, but it was definitely, I was still in college when I recorded that. Um or at least a demo for it. And I recorded on two different mics. I recorded on a ribbon and on a condenser. Okay. But there was two, there was a part I was like, dude, like I gotta, gotta comp this. I gotta come back in. And so like when I was mixing, I did reverse reverb tricks and stuff. So you can't really tell that I'm switching between uh, two mics. Okay. Cause if I left it alone, it's blatant like yeah. day, like, Oh, this is not the same mic. So that song is, is my least it's it's the song you know that doesn't really sound like the rest of them because it was before I got my Apollo too, um, but typically when I'm recording, sometimes I don't even have the words written yet. So like I do a lot of mumble takes. So like oh yeah, mumble track city is this so, is, is this person right here. I'm gonna throw this out there. Uh, I don't know if anybody that is a fan of my metal band is watching or not, mm -hmm. but that's literally how I write all the metal stuff mm -hmm. like i like mumble growl yeah you know it's just like i try to figure out because it's all about the rhythm yeah with when Absolutely. you're doing metal stuff i'm just yelling yeah so it's like i gotta find the rhythm that fits best yeah. so i will just do like a demo take of yeah. like you know this yeah. guy, like this is what the rhythm yeah. i want and then 
figure yeah. out the words later. Yeah. So, <laughs> so so that's the thing. Like I use that to be like, all right, you like the way this sounds. So find a word that ends in this vowel sound or this mm-hmm. consonant sound. And then I just go in and punch. Like I do it all the time. Um, and sometimes like I'll let people like hear the mumble version so they can like be like, how do you write? How did you write this? I was like, it's literally me mumbling <laughs> till I figure out like, you know, like cadence. I think prosody is really important to me. Like the, the way you, you blend your, your, the words with the melody, with the cadence and the timing of everything. That's super important in my music. Um, so I try to make sure I'm writing verses from that, um, with that, like at the forefront, with the exception of a couple songs I had freestyle, but, um, absolutely i like doing piece by piece so like especially since i'm big harmony heavy like when i do the hook the first hook will have a few harmonies then i'll copy that hook yeah towards the end and then i'll bring the house down so mm-hmm. that's kind of like if you listen to the album you can you can kind of tell certain songs like i like sprinkling thing as as the song yeah. progresses um the emotional contour in the words of my berkeley professor <laughs> I ha- yeah yeah i um, have um i have a a, a female uh co sidekick mm-hmm. yeah. in my band mm-hmm. who does a lot of vocals and is basically like uh like a hype girl yeah. slash she sings a lot of stuff yeah. she's like all of the sex appeal when it comes to the <laughs> band basically you know yeah. what i mean like so i'm just rapping and being all angry and yeah. then like she balances it out but whenever we're tracking her it's very a lot more meticulous focused on melody yeah. and layers section by section yeah. i'm not just like do the whole song 10 times and yeah. then you can't hear it. You know, it's a completely <laughs> different process yeah. for whenever I'm tracking stuff yeah. with her. I just had a thought, uh, <laughs> and this is real dumb, but I'm going to throw it out there because whatever, it's a podcast. <laughs> what What's a podcast about something dumb. So you mentioned, you know, putting together a track mm-hmm. it's first, it was just mumbling, right? Yeah. Do you think that that's how mumble rap was born? Do you think somebody just kind of mumbled something <laughs> and then a producer was like, don't even bother. That's fine. Just leave it like that. If your auto tune is good. Okay. So <laughs> that's another thing. Like I use a lot of, um, when I first bought waves tune, which is the, the program, the plugin that I predom- like predominantly use. I literally sat in front of my microphone and sang gibberish for like an hour and a half because it was just fun. Hell yeah. <laughs> it was just fun. It was really yeah. fun. And I was like, okay, now you have to get serious. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't I, have I a guess. problem with that type of music i do want to put that out there i'm not like no, one of these like no no it, it, I, it's not for me it's, i can tell no, you that i don't really listen to a lot of it <laughs> yeah. um because i, I like, like like growing up in the 90s you had nas and jay-z and like sure krs1 and like all these you don't really want to listen to that but um not 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 knocking anyone i think the kids are all right um but you know what? That might be how it started. If we're being completely <laughs> honest, because it's really fun, and that's why sure. I that's what I'll knock them for doing it. Because they're literally just having a good time in the booth. But it's so fun, yeah. especially you just you get that right delay, you get that right reverb. It's just like man, I have <laughs> I did a um I did a interlude for someone that'll probably never see the light of day again. But uh, it's the funniest thing I've ever done in the studio, and I'll send it to you so you can laugh. Okay, because it's. It's hilarious. I would love to hear it. It's absolutely hilarious. That's the one thing that can sometimes be hard when you're writing music that's really introspective yeah. and you know, you're know you really putting your 
heart out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that it's not fun, but mm-hmm. sometimes it's just it's not the same kind of fun as just, you know, doing some bullshit. But one of the great things about making music, especially with other people, is that it needs to be fun. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just got to drop your guard and just goof off for a bit. I got yeah. plenty of goofy stuff <laughs> that nobody will really ever hear. Yeah. But oh, it's, it's a good time. I, I recorded... <laughs> I recorded um uh the second verse to my song Heartbeat. I was pissed and I sent Clara a uh, a garbage take which was pretty much me just like like jerking off on it and it was crazy cuz I was just like but she's like died laughing. She's like I'm going to put this out. I'm like please don't cuz I'm <laughs> going to get canceled but <laughs> but no it was it, it's for me like there's honestly when you, now that you're saying that you're absolutely right i don't think there's a time when i was like oh my goodness this is so much fun when i'm recording it just doesn't happen like that i enjoy it it's yeah, just not same it's just not fun yeah no yeah it's like you know you're putting things out there that you know it's it's it feels good to get it out yeah it, it, it's maybe therapeutic mm-hmm. and like you know it's fun to just to be able to record and do what you love. I yeah. think that I self-produce all my stuff. You self-produce all mm-hmm. your stuff. And whenever the only time it bothers me is like whenever you're trying to get like a really powerful performance, but you're also trying to make sure that the mics aren't clipping and that like your compression <laughs> settings are good. Ooh. And like you're doing like all this stuff at the same time. And yeah. it's hard to really, it can be hard to like lock yourself in. Yeah. Um, there were two songs, actually one song that really like, I wanted to shout a lot, um, celebrate. And it's because I was using my upper register to sing. And it was like, for some reason, the compressor was not doing what it was supposed to do. So we we ended up automating EQ for that, which was a nightmare. Never want to do that again. Um, But it was like so frustrating because I'm like, I'm trying to give this powerful performance because the song is about like, realizing that you're an amazing person an amazing being and i'm just like so frustrated because it's just like every take take after take after take after take i just changed the settings so many times on that to try to get like a powerful performance but it's not clipping that was a nightmare um (laughs) so it definitely takes you out of that um especially like my song stay with me too i was like come on I just want to give an emotional, emotive performance without sounding like crap sonically. So yeah, it, it it's it's a lot. I'm hard. Like I said, I'm hard on myself too. I mean, it, it's you know, if you really want to get nerdy about production stuff, yeah. like the majority of my stuff, I've I've self produced, but I have yeah. worked in the studio with other engineers mm-hmm. and stuff before, just because I wanted to not engineer my own vocals for yeah. for a project. And there have been times when like if I'm doing a harder, like a harsher part, we'll mm-hmm. swap mics. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like maybe, you know, a sure SM7B mm-hmm. is like great for harsh vocals. Yeah. But if you're doing something quieter, it's like, okay, we'll use this other mic yeah. because it's gonna pick up better. But not everybody has like a plethora of microphones and somebody yeah. that's smart enough to think about that. Yeah, I use I, I pretty much use two. I use my uh, Neumann TLM one hundred two, and then I have a Rode. Rode makes some pretty damn good mics. Yeah, I did not know that. Um, I had borrowed my homies. He has a N- NTK something, um, 
and I, I borrowed it and I was like this thing sounds amazing and I bought it of course mine sounds nothing like his <laughs> he was like yeah I think they changed like the parts of it oh, I was like no. oh but it, it's, it still got the job done that's so funny so wrapping up we should probably one more time promo this Indiegogo thing yeah. real quick let the people know about that yeah um, if you can support this wonderful campaign <laughs> um yeah the the focus is is on the visual for clouds merch um digital marketing and uh getting my band travel and equipment fun together um but also we have perks so like five bucks gets you an ins sticker um if you are a big spender spender of money you don't know what to do with it your daddy warbucks um (laughs) five thousand dollars you can be the executive producer on my second album. You get to pull up to the studio, see songwriting sessions, and it comes with a bunch of other perks. But like being in the process with me as I create my second album and you get the producer credit. So um, those are those are things. Contributions and perks are separate. So if you just want to be a good person and give me money, you can contribute. <laughs> if you say, hey, I need something for my dollar, we have perks. So five bucks to 5,000, there's something in there that'll wet your whistle Um, (laughs) (laughs) and it's honestly it's 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 amazing that we've even hit almost two grand like people people like like wanting to invest in me means so much so very appreciative very appreciative yeah i remember i put out an album on vinyl a few years ago Mm -hmm. and i did it all through a crowdfunding thing and Mm -hmm. i was like surprised that people actually gave a shit it's very yeah. humbling it's yeah. very nice to know that people do care yeah and then they want to wear my merch you're like oh my goodness the hoodies yeah i'm like thank you because <laughs> i am insecure about all of this no um just 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 grateful i have a, a great team of people behind me um so whatever we do get um uh, we're gonna make it shake we're gonna make it work yeah all right and with all that being said, actually, one one last thing that we should probably do. Uh, where can people find you? Obviously, you got the album on Bandcamp, mm-hmm. which we were. Let me pull this up real quick here. There's us. Yeah. Uh, Bandcamp. There it is. Whoop. And this is probably on streaming services yeah, and all that stuff yeah, as well. Yeah. If, if people you, prefer. If you if you want the clean version, it's only available on Bandcamp. If you don't mind my swear words. Um, Apple Music, Tidal, Spotify, pretty much every streaming platform, YouTube, all that good good stuff. Um, also, I'm on social media. Um, Musical Prodigy is usually the tag. Um, but type in Inez. It's all caps everywhere. The only place it's not all caps is, is streaming because they don't like capitalization there, weirdos. Um, but yeah, my link tree is link tree slash Inez Music. And that also has like all of my links and stuff. So and my cash app because I like money. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, with that being said, that is all, folks. Thanks so much for being here. One more time, Inez. Thank you for coming through. Thank you. I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2020. Woo woo. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And yo. Charge your batteries so your lights don't die. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> because it is. It got real dark in here. And the this camera froze again, but we're at the end. Saga.
fuck it. We're done. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you for coming through. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs>